Welcome in to the BetUS College Football Show. I am your host, Gary Seegers. You can follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE. And we have got some college football coaches to discuss today. We are going to talk about the coaches that are going to make you the most money. Who can we trust? We got a whole list of them and a whole lot of different topics to discuss with it. Along with that, uh, let me go on and, and start these things off with our experts. We'll go ahead and start on the right side of your screen. Kyle Hunter is our professional award-winning handicapper. You can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Hunter Picks. Kyle, uh, this was a fun topic to dive down when you really get into the nitty-gritty. Who can we trust in certain spots? What, uh, what did you think about what you found? Oh, man, uh, a lot of findings here I'm looking forward to talking about. And uh, I think you could make an argument that college football coaches matter more than just about any other sport. So um, coaches are really important. I'm looking forward to talking about it here today. Oh, most certainly. And on the left side of your screen, Parker Fleming. You can follow him on Twitter as well, at Stats of War. He's our numerical guru. He's the guy with the models, the guy with the numbers. And... I always enjoy finding new things for Parker to model out, and he has come up with some very fascinating stuff for this one. Uh, how did you feel about what you were able to find? Well, Gary, uh, pretty excited to get into this. Uh, again, off-season is when we get to explore these rabbit trails and slice and dice things, and I've got something, uh, I think, that toes the line between ridiculously nerdy and very informative, which that's my sweet spot. So excited to talk about that. Gary, I do need to point out, you said we're going to talk about the coaches that will make you the most money. I just want to say that uh, given that we're going to talk about some bad coaches, we're going to talk about some coaches who might lose you some money as well. And uh, and so both both sides of the coin there today. But I'm excited to get into this and uh, some, some interesting stuff to pick in. And all week I've been looking forward to like, what is Kyle going to pull? Like I know Kyle's going to pull just something <laughs> that's going to blow my mind today. So I'm excited about some of these. Oh, most certainly. I, I, the biggest thing about the coaches that do not cover all that well uh, is you can always bet against them. Right. I think I think we all can use that for sure. Uh, so let's go ahead and go through everything that you need to know. First things is go and sign up over at BetUS. It is where the game begins. You can type it into your browser, BetUS.com. Tons of deals, tons of promos, tons of bonuses, etc. going on right now over on the sportsbook. And there is always, always something to bet on. We've got college basketball rolling right now. The NBA, of course, as we get into spring and then into summer, we've got the NBA finals that will be coming up after that, the playoffs and whatnot. We are knee-deep into the NFL playoffs. So go and check out all of the shows that we cover. Of course, soccer is constantly going on, et cetera, UFC, all that good stuff. We have shows for all of it. So make sure and follow all of those shows as well. We are not going anywhere. We're going to be right here knocking out your off-season content, getting you prepped and ready to bet on next season stuff as well. So uh, along with that, since you're already watching, we would certainly appreciate it if you guys would like the video for us. I do see more people watching than have liked. It is a thumbs up button. Click that for us. It certainly helps us out. And while you do that, you can also subscribe to the channel. Once you subscribe, hit that notification bell. It's going to let you know when we go live or when we have new content posted. It is very easy to do, and hopefully you will enjoy it as much as we enjoy doing it. So with that said, let's uh, let's go ahead and dive into our topics for the day. These are the best coaches against the spread. And what we're going to do here is we're going to talk about, first off, the best overall against the spread coaches, where you feel pretty good betting on them regardless of the circumstance. We don't have to spot pick or anything like that. We're going to talk about just the ones that are really, really good overall against the spread. Now, when I pulled my numbers, I went dating back to 2017 and then 2018. Coaches that have been around for a little bit, 
uh, or, or coaches that have been around for a long time that just got really good at covering a number, right? So I'll start off and just read off this list, and then, Kyle, I'm going to start with you, and then we'll ride over to Parker's model. Uh, since 2017, Brian Kelly at Notre Dame, he is now at LSU. We'll see if the numbers still hold, but he is 39-24-1. and one. That is 61.9% against the number. That is ridiculous over a five-year span. Uh, Mike Gundy. Since 2017 at Oklahoma State, 38-24-2, that is 61.3%. Bill Clark at UAB, we've always talked about Bill Clark, the exact same record as Mike Gundy, except he has one less push, uh, but the, the percentage is the same, 61.3. Kirby Smart at Georgia, that, that number kind of surprised me a little bit because they are highly favored in a bunch of their games, but he has covered in 60.3% of his games, 41-27 and 27 against the number. And then finally, uh, Kyle Whittingham at Utah, 35, 24, and 1. That's 59.3%. And then, of course, I wanted to toss in a couple of uh, 2018 wins. Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M hitting at a 60% clip, 29 and 19. P.J. Fleck at Minnesota, almost 63%, 27, 16, and 3. And then Troy Calhoun at Air Force, always a pretty good bet, 25, 17, and 2 since 2018. Kyle, uh, I know that you've got some that stretch a little further than that. Um I didn't want to look at anything that was too recent because obviously you don't want to count in the COVID year. Who knows what exactly that meant? We saw what Jim Harbaugh was this year compared to the COVID season. Um, I wanted to make sure we had good data and whatnot. And I think that there are some of these guys that may show up on an even longer stretch than just the past five years. Uh, how did you feel about these first off? And, and what else did you find for us? Well, there's definitely some overlap from what you found and what I found here. So um, I start off with uh, Mike Gundy, 124 and 89. Now, this dates back to 2008. Um, so I'll point that out. If you'd bet $100 on Mike Gundy's team in every single game since 2008, you'd be up 2,833 bucks. Uh, so, you know, if you were a decent size better and you were betting a lot of money, then you'd be up pretty nice from uh, betting on Mike Gundy uh, through the years. Hugh Freeze was second on the list, 67 and 42 against the spread, plus 2,526. And at this point, guys, Freeze has done this at multiple spots. I think he's proven he's a good coach, uh, both recruiting and in-game, because we have some of these coaches that recruit well, can't really coach game-to-game uh, -game very well. Freeze has done that. Brian Kelly was third on my list, 116 and 92 against the spread, plus $2,102. I've said it before, I'm not personally a fan of Brian Kelly, but money is money. And he's been a money maker uh, long term, that's for sure. And like Gary said recently, uh, even better. And he's going to show up again as we go uh, later through this list. One that um, shows up really good um, long term, Willie Fritz, 69 and 47 against the spread. I believe that probably counts some of his days before uh, FBS. Fritz has been a long term money maker, plus 1,777. Chris Kleiman. Uh, you knew Chris Kleiman was going to show up oh, one yeah. year, too. And if, if you guys have been listening to BetUS, you know that all of us like Chris Kleiman, a really good coach. Uh, 36-17, and 17, $1,612, 29% ROI. That's a, that's a really good uh, return on investment. So if you've been listening to us in the past, you know we like Chris Kleiman. Uh, so some real overlap even from the guys that Gary was talking about there to the guys from 2008 with the best uh, uh, money making. Uh, you know, you can have some guys that have better 
uh, short-term trends here and and that there are some guys that are you know 10 and 2 or something like that but I, I hate to to look too much at such a small sample size so uh, these are the guys that have proven it over the long term and uh, these are guys that you want to be betting on uh, whenever you get a chance to certainly oh most certainly Ed, the thing that surprised me the most Oklahoma State does not surprise me because I feel like people constantly undervalue that team but to undervalue Notre Dame and Georgia yeah. Those were the ones that kind of surprised me. It, same with Texas A&M with Jimbo Fisher there, et cetera. At Minnesota, that makes sense. You know, you can overperform that. Uh, Parker, did your model find anything, uh, I guess, interesting when it came to the best coaches actually against the spread overall? Yeah, I think so. So, Gary, let me just lay um, lay the model out very, very briefly. And if you or Kyle, if I say something that doesn't make sense to the common man, stop me and make me explain it again. But um, <laughs> basically, what I what I went with this week, knowing we we're going to look at coaches, I knew both of you would have solid numbers on trends against the spread in history. So I didn't want to just pull those and try and find something different. I want to come at it from a different angle. So during the season, what we're doing is we're taking the numbers we think are important and we're projecting whether a team will cover based on those numbers, season to date, you know, rosters and all of that. What I did is I, I did a post-game cover probability. Um, and so I said, given that the stats in the game went like this, I looked at total EPA, I looked at field position, I looked at early down success, um, and I, I looked at the opening spread. I said, what's the probability that a team would cover given the game went like this? Because I think that allows me to capture a little bit of a coaching effect. So, you know, if, if you're normally covering X amount of times, uh, you know, if you're better than that, that means that the coach is, is uh, maximizing the play on the field. So that's kind of simply how I went with it and, and did a little model. Um, and so I pulled, uh, basically what I got was the um, rate at which you were expected to cover or how many covers in a season you were supposed to get. Uh, minus the actual covers. Um, and so it just gives you a, a number. Higher is better, lower is worse in terms of covers over expected. So some of those names that you picked out, I thought were a great spot, great uh, place to start. So in terms of covering over expectation, so better than you would expect based on the way the game went, uh, offensive defense, and based on the opening line, Chris Kleiman is number one since 2018 uh, of coaches with at least 18 games. 14.5 percentage points better than expected on covering. Um, so that, that that's a pretty substantial um, increase there. The second is Justin Wilcox. He's 10.7. So a, a huge drop off from climbing in there. But again, Wilcox, a defensive minded team, kind of sneakily competitive in some games. Um, I'll rattle off my top my top five and then and then hop on some of the ones that y'all said. Jeff Scott uh, at USF is at 10.1. Uh, doing a pretty good job there. Hugh Freeze, 9.2% points. Uh, and that's just since 2018. So that doesn't even capture, you know, Hugh Freeze's long, long history of being excellent. Um, and then Pat Narduzzi wraps it out at number five, uh, 8.1 uh, percentage points above expectation in terms of that cover rate. So that that I think is interesting because it, it just contextualizes uh, kind of the play on the field as well. Um, and so looking at some of the ones y'all said, the other one that I, that I pulled out was Bill Clark. Bill Clark, Negative 0 0.01. Um, and so really, really close to zero. Same with Brian Kelly, who was uh, just slightly positive 0 0.003. So both of those guys are performing almost exactly as Vegas expects, um, or excuse me, exactly as you would expect based on the model and based on Vegas's expectation. Those two guys with those numbers are actually in the 60s of um, expectation uh, or the 50s, rather, of cover over expectation. So that one's kind of interesting because he makes a lot of money, but he's also really, really well-respected. So he doesn't cover a lot more than than Vegas expects him to, and his 
team plays really, really well. The last one there, Willie Fritz, 0.04, that puts him in the um, in the 30s. So yeah, really doing well there at, since 2018 at Tulane in terms of covering, um, you know, again, given expectations. Uh, so, so a lot of those names at the top are similar, but then there's some that, that just make a lot of sense kind of uh, in the way their teams play and the fact that, you know, perhaps the Vegas book hasn't aligned with them or perhaps uh, like Pat Fitzgerald um, or uh, Kirk Friends is at 15th. Uh, Those guys are really good at turnovers and special teams. Those are things that are going to make a game, even though it looked one way, kind of go a different way. And so that's why they're really good against the spread as well. Oh, we've seen that with the Iowa multiple times. I do find it uh, strange that we have multiple types of coaches right? Guys that are known as defensive guys, guys that are known as offensive guys that can both have value, right? It's not just one-sided, whatever. It is, uh, it's strange when, when you look at that, that it's not just, hey, I'm going to bet on the defensive guy, right? It's, uh, it's very interesting. Let's, let's move on to the next topic here, and that would be the best coaches against the spread as underdogs. Since 2017, Mike Gundy, 11-2, and two. Against the number. Now, he's not an underdog often, but every time he's an underdog, he seems to cover. That's 84.6%. I mean, that is just absurd since 2017. Uh, Kyle Whittingham, again, not often is he a dog, but at Utah, 6-2-1, that's 75%. Jeff Brom, since 2017, at Purdue, 19-8. That is 70.4%. Justin Wilcox, who was just brought up here, at Cal, 29-1. That's 20 wins, nine losses, and one push. That's 69% there. And then Chris Creighton, I tossed him in from Eastern Michigan. Uh, as an underdog since 2017, 21-12. That is 63.6%. Now, uh, Kalani Sataki, I, I, <laughs> I, I wonder about this one, right? 10-4 uh, at BYU as an underdog. I didn't look at his favorites, right? Because I don't think that he is one of the best covering machines, but I think as a dog... BYU sometimes gets uh, typecast a little bit. Philip Montgomery at Tulsa since 2018, uh, 17 and 8. That's 68%. And Herm Edwards at Arizona State, 12 and 6. That is 66.7%. That is not too shabby. Uh, Parker, we'll start back over with you on this one. Now, I did not look at uh, at the worst against the spread, but uh, but obviously I can pull that up on my uh, on my database here. I looking at the the underdogs. Are there certain guys that, when you look at the model, they seem to not get as much respect as maybe they deserve on a week-in and week-out basis? Do you think it's based more on roster or these guys overall? I think, Gary, that's um, kind of a philosophical question, right? And in, in terms of, <laughs> you know, why aren't they why, – why are they doing better or worse? You, you'd think, you know, if if Vegas – I don't know, maybe the jury's still out on this. If Vegas is a reasonable expectation of how two teams should perform and the relative strength between them, then um, then you would think that if you're you know doing significantly better or worse in absence of something obvious like injuries, right? I, I didn't have any flag where I thought, oh man, they had a bad run of injuries. But I, I do think that you could probably parse some of these out a little deeper and get there. Um, in the numbers that I had, the list of covers as an underdog is, is very funny to me. Um, <laughs> Uh, especially when you look at like over expectation. So Brett Bielema at Illinois tops the list of everyone with at least 10 games in the last five years uh, as a head coach, uh, as an underdog, as a head coach, point one, or uh, excuse me, 18.7 uh, percentage points better than 
expected covering um, as an underdog. Ryan Silverfield at Memphis is also 18.4%. So both of them are, are pretty high there in terms of outperforming, um, getting a little bit of disrespect. Uh, the list, uh, the, the top six there is rounded out with guys we've talked about. Kleiman, who's just excellent, always. Freeze, Wilcox, those kind of guys. Um, there are a couple interesting ones a little bit lower. James Franklin from Penn State. 13.1 percentage points better than expected as an underdog. Uh, so I think that he might uh, be under uh, getting uh, not respected as much as, uh, excuse me, he might not be getting as much respect as uh, he deserves. Dan Mullen, 7.1, ranking uh, 15th <laughs> as an underdog, just beating Chip Kelly and Mike Leach. So that was kind of a funny trio there. It was, it was Mullen and then Kelly and then Leach back to back to back. Um, the other one that you pointed out there, the, uh, uh, Sataki, um, I have him at 0 0.04. Uh, and so that's going to put him right at uh, 24th in front of Brian Harson, which is just an interesting coincidence. Um, and right behind like Dave, Dave uh, Clawson and Jeff Brougham. So um, Sataki's really kind of been on the nose in terms of expectation. Again, just given the way the games have gone, it doesn't look like he has, um, you know, a huge outlier coach effect in, in that sense there. So that, you know, any of those that are kind of in between four and negative four, that's, that's pretty small. Right. And so I don't want to make big declarative statements, but he is interesting. Um, just that it, it is close to close to zero there. Uh, that does make sense. Uh, as far as some of these bad ones, by the way, um, pulled it up TCU, you know, Gary Patterson was eight and 14 as an underdog. That's only 36%. I found that interesting. Uh, Troy was really bad under, under Chip Lindsay. Um, he, I mean, 35% was, was not great. Uh, Maryland, uh, of course, they've had multiple coaches. Um, that it, uh, who have we got? Oh, Toledo. Uh, Jason Candle. Uh, when they are an underdog, I mean, he just does not cover it. 30.8%, four and nine. And then Clemson is hitting at 25% as an underdog since 2017. Uh, they've only been in that role four times. But when they are in that role, they are not great. I, I found that odd. Uh, one and three against the number. Kyle, uh, looking at, you know, best, worst, all that good stuff. What uh, what were you able to find as far as coaches that we should certainly lean on as underdogs? Well, let me start with the negative here real quick and just say, uh, you know, I was looking through the negative coaches who's done poorly. The the most thing that you'll find in that is that most of them are fired. You know, yes. like if you look through the past few, you go down through the list of all the ones at the very bottom. Yep, he's been canned. He's been canned. He's not a coach anymore. He's not a coach anymore. It's just kind of funny to go through those. Um, worst as an underdog, Mike Loxley. Uh, when he plays against a team that's really good, I mean, it's just uh, I'm sitting here uh, looking at the query right now. If if you take a team that is 70, let's see, 80% wins or better. So they're playing a really good team. He's two covers and 16 non-covers. So two and 16 against the spread. Loxley's teams are not competitive against really good teams. And in general, as an underdog, um, he's 17 and 29. So not very good there. As far as the good list, um, Kyle Whittingham at the top, 38 and 23 as an underdog. Uh, Look, Whittingham's a really good coach, and I, I wore the Utah hat for a reason today. I, I think Whittingham is kind of <laughs> underrated by many people. Strong in the trenches every single year. Um, Jeff Munkin is second. I don't think it should surprise us that Munkin is second. 32 and 18 against the spread. What a system 
for being an underdog, right? Keeping the game close, controlling the ball um, makes a ton of sense. You know, I probably should have been betting them as an underdog more than I have over the years. Third on my list, and you guys have mentioned him a couple times here, uh, Justin Wilcox, 21 and eight against the spread as a dog. I was kind of surprised by this. I'm just to be honest, you know, I don't really know what to think of Cal still because they have some really bad games and as a favorite, they've not done very well, but Wilcox is an underdog has been very good. Um, I love Parker's numbers. I like that we can all come at this from different angles and we have like different ways to look at this. You know, that speaks, uh, pretty uh, positively about Wilcox, uh, Parker's numbers as well. You know, maybe he's getting the most out of his talent there at Cal and, and overperforming uh, Vegas's expectations, certainly. Uh, Philip Montgomery, 30 and 17 against the spread. He's covered nine in a row as an underdog. Um, and Niamatololo at Navy, uh, triple option underdogs. You know, you, you, get, you get the point. 46 and 32 against the spread as an underdog. Like I said, I think probably four of those five don't really surprise me. I'm surprised Justin Wilcox has been so good against the spread as an underdog, though. I do wonder about Wilcox and, and his ability to slow a game down. Uh, we've seen multiple 16 to 13 kind of games against uh, really good competition with Cal. I wonder how much of that is slowing down the game to maybe less plays than a sportsbook would have fully anticipated. Uh, Parker, jumping back over to you about the uh, the bad ones. Uh, what would your model say about some of these that are that are not good to bet on? Yeah, so so some of these are are, are super interesting. I I looked at like who had the most games where they were an underdog since 2018 because I think that in itself was kind of informative. Like Dino Babers has been an underdog in 41 games since 2018, not including FCS games. I mean, obviously they're probably favored there, um, but he's covering you know 2.7 points better than expectation. On the flip side, Randy Edsall 38 games, uh, but he's only he's negative. 5.1% uh, covering over, over expectation. So some splits there. And then some guys you, you did see, you know, kind of move on David Cutcliffe 35 times as an underdog, and he's doing worse than expected 2.7 points worse than expected. So um, this is interesting. And, and I think that I'm noticing that a lot of the guys that are good here um, are, are kind of leaning towards, you know, they're, they're elite coaches, but then they're leaning towards the defensive side of the ball and kind of that discipline side of the ball. And I wonder if that's not because, you know, Justin Wilcox is going to get more interceptions uh, for touchdowns than, than people think, or Iowa is going to get more short fields because of field position than you think. And that's harder to project going forward. So some of those are, are, are pretty interesting to me. I will, I do need to note before we transition out, uh, you brought up Philip Montgomery and I just need to say out loud that Northern Illinois Thomas Hammock is uh 3.8 nine uh, points over expectation, which is 0.01 better than Philip Montgomery's 3.8. So uh, the Huskies doing well as an underdog there as well, given that they were what underdogs in like nine of their games this year yes. and they went nine and three. So that's probably driven uh, all, by, all by, by this, this year, season. but yeah. I had to, I had to point it out and I had to point it out. Now that certainly, certainly makes sense. Let's uh, let's move on to the next topic. And we're going to talk about those that, uh, that do really well as favorites. So best coaches against the spread when they are in the role of a favorite. Uh, Bill Clark, since 2017, seems to lead the pack there, 24-14-1. and one. Uh, That is 63%. Brian Kelly, some of these we have already brought up before. Uh, Brian Kelly, 32-20-1. That's 61.5% there. Ken Neomatololo from Navy as a favorite. Now, we talked about service academies as underdogs. Uh, also as a favorite here, that's 61.5%. For Ken, uh, Pat Narduzzi at Pitt, 
21 and 14. That is 60%. And since 2018, I've got a, I got a couple of oddballs. We already talked about Willie Fritz. He's hitting at 63% as a favorite since 2018. That's 17 and 10. Sean Elliott at Georgia State, 12, 5, and 1. Now, they haven't been in the favorite role a ton, but when they are favored, uh, they hit at a 70.6% clip. That is pretty remarkable. Jimbo Fisher, who we talked about for best coaches overall uh, against the number 23 and 14. That is 63, sorry, excuse me, 62.2% there. Um, and when I look at, at those that are, you know, best as a, or sorry, worst as a favorite, none of them are still employed. So <laughs> there's really no reason to uh, to bring up a lot of these. Um, you know, Frank Solich was at Ohio since 2018. Ohio was only 10 and 17 as a favorite, um, but that does include the 2021 season, which did not include Frank Solich. He retired. Uh, Scott Frost is nine and 15 as a uh, as a favorite. I mean, that's certainly not good. Uh, Cal, as good as Justin Wilcox has been as an underdog, he's only 8, 13, and 1. That's 38% as a favorite since 2018. Uh, there's some interesting interesting ones on here. Purdue as a favorite, 9 and 14. That's Jeff Brom. They are really good as an underdog. They are not great as a favorite. So there are a lot of them to, uh, to look at here. Kyle, let's start off with you on this. Uh, are there any just over a long span that – that maybe I have not listed here that are really, really good in that favorite role. So in the favorite role, uh, very good. A lot of them are names that we've at least mentioned a little bit here. Uh, Gundy, 88 and 56 against the spread. I mean, Gundy's basically on almost every list of these. Oh, yeah. Um, James Franklin, Parker brought him up a minute ago, 52 and 37 against the spread as a favorite. Um, I think James Franklin would probably be counted among the coaches who play the starters a little bit longer than some guys, more aggressive with the play calling later in the game. Uh, you know, I, maybe run up the score a little bit on some of the non-conference teams a bit. But Franklin's certainly a good coach. And I, I'll be honest, I was impressed with his numbers across the board. You know, you can look at first half, second half. Uh, he's always in the positive on almost everything, home road splits. So certainly a good coach there, Franklin. Jim McElwain, a name that we haven't mentioned yet. 33 and 19 against the spread as a favorite. And I think that he's probably an underrated coach. Uh, we know he had a failed tenure, but, you know, here he is in a better situation. I think people are too low on him at this point. 33 and 19 against the spread is, is very solid. Um, Nick Saban, 106 and 87. Uh, Saban had to be on here uh, as a good to follow coach at some point, right? I mean, it's, it's hard for the markets to keep up with how good Alabama is. As much as Alabama is going to get support every single week, they've been very good against the spread. Uh, you know, as a favorite, 106 and 87, pretty impressive over that large of a sample size, certainly. The fifth one, I think this is the first time we've mentioned him. I, I, if not, correct me, but Jim Harbaugh, 54 and 40 against the spread. Um, Harbaugh's teams have been good as big favorites. Uh, if you if you make them a large favorite, you know, 15, 20 point favorite, it gets better and better, which is kind of surprising to me. I wouldn't have thought of Harbaugh's teams being a team that would, uh, you know, run up the score or win really big uh, spreads by, but that has been the case. And then when I flipped it around and tried to look at really bad coaches as favorites like Gary said I mean it's so hard because you find about the bottom 15 guys are all unemployed at this point but uh you know Will Cox was one of them I saw as well uh you know uh Will Muschamp 23 and 30 uh Les Miles 58 and 65 
Uh, Terry Bowden, 14 and 21. Jeff Munkin, 26 and 32. So uh, he's not been good laying the points. Uh, a lot of these coaches, though, aren't aren't around now. So uh, I will say Herm Edwards, 9 and 15 against the spread as a favorite. He's been pretty good as an underdog. So he's a, he's one with a split. And then you mentioned Kalani Sataki earlier. He's 22 and 27 as a favorite. Has been good as an underdog as well. Most certainly. Parker, uh, favorites. What uh, what you got for me from this model? Yeah, so some really interesting ones here. Um, Pat Narduzzi tops the list. Lance Leipold right behind him. Sonny Dykes, SMU head coach now at TCU, 8.9 percentage points uh, over expected as a favorite. is pretty good. Jimbo Fisher also in my top five, uh, 7.9. And then Craig Bowl, 6.5 out at Wyoming. as a name we haven't said today. Um, as a favorite, uh, I look at his numbers. They're pretty uh, – they, he doesn't have as many games. So do with that – uh, what you will, but uh, Craig Craig Bull has the numbers there. Um, the other two that stick out right here in the top, Kenny Matalolo is uh, sixth overall, zero point, uh, excuse me, five point five percentage points over expected, and Jay Norvell at Nevada is uh, four point nine percentage points over expected. So pretty pretty good for Norvell running the air raid. Um, of course, what's way more interesting to me is the bad ones, um, and some of them they're still employed. What's going on at Arizona State? Herm Edwards negative. 23.8. That's the biggest of any of these splits I did. That's the biggest absolute value. As a, He's so nice. I think we talked about this a little bit earlier this season. Remember the Stanford game? They scored oh, yes. like three straight touchdowns, and they were like, nah, we're just going to go home. And so, I, I mean, Herm Edwards has been uh, getting up on people as a favorite and then tucking them into bed and reading them a story and, and going home early. So um, that one really stood out. The next biggest one, um, who's still employed, uh, Tim Lester at uh, uh, Western Michigan. Uh, 12.7 there. Um, so that one stood out. And then you mentioned Jeff Brom, uh, 11 uh, negative. Sorry, those are all negatives. These are the bad ones. 11.7 for, for Jeff Brom there. So pretty bad um, for, for Purdue as a favorite as well. And then, of course, a couple, you know, fired right up, like right off the bat. Clay Helton, Willie Taggart um, are, are both kind of following them. Steve Adazio rounds out that top 10. Uh, and, and so a couple of those there make a lot of sense. Um, the Harbaugh one I thought was interesting because he's, you know, his, his reputation is polarizing. And what is he doing, you know, against the spread? I, I had mixed, I've had mixed success betting on Harbaugh in spots. He's actually at positive 2.1% as a favorite. Um, and so again, not a huge difference, but still slightly better than expectation. Um, and notice uh, his, his average spread is 15.6 as a favorite. So when, when they're favored, they're favored by over two scores, which is pretty rough. Looking at my model and doing a little bap- napkin math, um, a one-point increase in the spread uh, decreases your chances of covering by about 14%. So that's pretty substantial there, especially towards the tail end. That's definitely going to be nonlinear. We can talk about the nerdy mathier, <laughs> mathier stuff later. But all that to say, those those big spreads really do matter in terms of um, there is some differences in, in some of these guys who are consistent and how much they cover these these large spreads. Uh, last one, I just need to say his name once on this uh, on this show. Gary Patterson is a favorite, negative 3.4%, which is 22nd worst uh, in the FBS since 2018. So uh, pretty pretty rough scene uh, for for fired coaches on this list. We'll see if he uh, if he rubs off on Steve Sarkeesian uh, over at uh, over at no Texas. comment. <laughs> Um, so we do have a, uh, a question in the chat. We'll, uh, we'll touch on this at the end of the show when we do our little Q and a, but, uh, Aaron Rod wanted to know about Harbaugh and whether or not we think he stays at Michigan or goes to the NFL. We'll, uh, we'll touch on that towards the end of the show, but if anybody else would like to jump into the chat, 
you are more than welcome to. While we're at it, let me remind everybody, like the video if you have not already, and make sure that you are subscribed to the channel. Hit the notification bell. It's going to let you know when we go live or uh, whenever we post content. That's the easiest way to do it. Along with that, you can always get this show in the podcast format. That is the BetUS football show. That is the NFL show and the college football show. Both of them right there in one feed, nice and easy. So go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a nice five-star review. From what I hear, you can do that on Spotify as well as Apple now. So go ahead and knock that out for us. It helps us out way more than I could possibly explain. Now, let's get on to the last two topics here. We've got uh, this next one, the best against the spread at home. Now, this was an interesting one. Since 2017, Willie Fritz, 21-8 and eight as a fa- – well, not as a favorite, just against the spread at home. Uh, that's 72.4%. So if, if Willie Fritz is playing in New Orleans, I would suggest riding with Tulane. Uh, Jay Norvell at Nevada. Now, obviously, he is the new head coach at Colorado State. That could make this coming year interesting because I don't know that he has the roster in place that he wants right now. But with the transfer portal, you never know. All things are possible. But at Nevada, he was 17-9-2. That's 65% covering at home. Bill Clark, when he plays in Birmingham, 17-9-1. That is 65%. Now we move over to 2018. Sean Lewis at Kent State, 12-5. That is 70.6% at Kent State. Um, Sonny Dykes at home. Now, we have talked about this on the show before. SMU at home has been really, really good. Sonny Dykes since 2018, 15 and 7. That's 68%. Jimbo Fisher also 68%, 17 and 8. And then Luke Fickle at Cincinnati, 65.4% at home since 2018. He is 17 and 9. Uh, those are pretty good numbers. Kyle, I want to start back over with you again on this. Uh, these guys, a little off the beaten path for the guys that are best at home. I think that some of the, you know, the Kirby Smarts and Brian Kelly and et cetera, et cetera, tend to get a lot more points at home. That This is just off-the-wall math. But I, I think that's the way that this goes is some of these guys are really undervalued even at home, and that's why they have such a better record in that spot. What, uh, what were you able to find out? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the ones that we've already touched on to some degree, um, Willie Fritz, like you said, 36 and 15 against the spread. Um, I think his teams are fundamentally sound uh, and plus $1,838 if you'd bet on those 51 games, which uh, that's, you know, just a hundred dollar bet. Um, major money making there for Willie Fritz at home. James Franklin, 43 and 28 against the spread at home. Lance Leipold, 25 and 13 against the spread at home and 21 seven against the spread in home conference games. He's not done very well in non-conference games, but in conference games have been very good. I think that actually makes some sense. Bill Clark, 21 and 11 against the spread, and then Kleiman, 23 and nine. He's on basically every, every list, oh, yeah. you know, Kleiman's just been so good. I will say one guy that would have been on there would have been Todd Graham, but Todd Graham obviously got fired. So uh, Graham had a pretty massive split, 52 and 34 at home. And a couple shout outs I want to say real quick. Um, Jim Tressel was on a ton of these lists. You know, I know this dated back pretty far, but apparently he was an absolute covering machine. And then the other one, uh, the, the underdog goat would have been uh, Bill Snyder. But Bill oh, yeah. Snyder, obviously, I mean, I think everybody knew that. You know, a lot of people talked about Tom Herman as an underdog, but Bill Snyder as an underdog. That was, that was a special thing, certainly. And um, guys, as far as, uh, bad at home. Um, I don't have a lot that that are 
uh, current. You know, you have Les Miles down at the bottom of the list, Charlie Strong, Pat Fitzgerald, 42 and 56. Not surprised by that either. He's good as an underdog, um, you know, bad as a favorite usually. But at home, they've been laying points quite a few times. And uh, that's not gone very well. Northwestern plays a lot of close games. Uh, you know, the rest of the guys at the bottom, most of them aren't there anymore, like we've said before. So, uh, you know, it's kind of a short short list as far as the ones at the bottom. Dana Holgerson has showed up on several of these. So I do want to mention he's 27 and 37 against the spread at home. So kind of a negative one there. That does make sense, I guess. Uh, Holgerson, I mean, he, he was kind of not great at Houston uh, for the first however many years. And he had some bad years at West Virginia. So I guess that one does kind of make sense. When I'm looking at the, the bad ones here, uh, Parker, um, at Stanford, since 2018, at home is 7-13. and 13. I mean, it's just just ridiculous. Wisconsin, 9-15 and 15, uh, at home. I mean, that is just unbelievable. You would think that Camp Randall, you would have a, a really good – now, some of these, I would imagine, they had really big spreads. But that, some of these are just – Kind of crazy. TCU, by the way, uh, Gary Patterson, 8, 16, and 1 at home. Just does not seem to cover at home. And it could be because they're overvalued in that spot. Who knows? Uh, but, Parker, tell me tell me what you got on this one. Guys that are at home, do they get their dudes up a little more? Uh, tell me what you got. Yeah, there, there does seem to be a split. So, obviously, at the bottom of this list, there are bad teams, right? I'm not here to bury Tom Arth. Like, we're not going to – I'm not going to dump on, <laughs> on Akron, right? Um, but Chip Lindsay is at the bottom of this list, negative uh, 14.4 at home as a as – a fa- or, excuse me, just at home. Jimmy Lake, negative 14.3. Butch Davis, negative 13.1. Um a lot of guys who are fired were, were, were kind of right in that um, in that spot. So some interesting ones uh, kind of losing at home. Uh, uh, Paul Chris, you talked about at Wisconsin. He's 26th at negative uh, 4.3, but he is his his uh, average spread is eighth overall. So yeah. at home, I have you know Saban at 28, Day at 24, being favored by those. Dabo at 24 and then a bunch of guys kind of in the, in the two score range. And, uh, and Chris is that last one that's above 15 points at, at eighth overall there. So that's pretty, um, again, it makes sense why, why they're not covering because those spreads are, are so big um, on the, on the good side. Uh, you know, we can't talk enough about Chris Kleiman. Um, I, I would do better than I did with my record this year, just betting Kansas state every week. So might do that next year. Who knows? Um, but uh, I, I do want to point at Steve Campbell at South Alabama. He, uh, uh, it was done after 2020, but uh, 16.4 percentage points better uh, at home in terms of covering uh, probability than, than than expected. So that was pretty excellent. Sean Lewis is up there on my list at 12.4 as well. And then some really good coaches. So Mel Tucker, you know, just received a big extension, 12.1. Dave Aranda at 10.2 from Nick Saban at 9.2. And then you've got basically this line of just – coaching dudes who, who you can expect to make money. You go Bronco, Hugh Freeze, Lincoln Riley, Pat Fitzgerald, Rod Day, uh, excuse me, Ryan Day. One that did stand out, Skip Holtz at Louisiana Tech. There's an argument they were doing a little bit better than expected, even though they they moved on from him and wanted to go a different direction. Um, Skip Holtz was 15th since 2008 at home, uh, covering 9.2 percentage points better um, than average. Uh, only only 0.2 percentage points off of Nick Saban. So uh, you know, Skip Holtz got fired, but he was performing at a saving level. Uh, don't take that seriously. Don't cut that. <laughs> don't don't make that the clip for the show. But um, these are just interesting to look at your kind of perception of these guys and and who's able to kind of create that extra little oomph to to cover here. 
I, I do think there is something to be said about making money for your boosters, right? Because everybody wants to uh, bet on the home team, et cetera. Uh, you are more likely to lose your job if you lose against the spread. That's I, I, that's just a personal thing with me, I think, uh, but that's a, that's a personal philosophy. If you were going to lose, uh, you better cover the spread at least. <laughs> that way you can make everybody happy, right? Uh, we do have one more topic that we want to hit on on this, and that is the best guys away from home. Those guys that tend to enjoy the underdog role that go into the Lions' den that, that can really get their team amped up for that. Uh, I'll read off a few names here, guys that we have already talked about, of course. Uh, Kirby Smart on the road, 16-6, and 72.7%. This is since 2017. Pat Narduzzi at Pitt hitting at 72%. Uh, that's 18-7. and Philip Montgomery at Tulsa, 20 and nine. That's 69%. And then Chris Creighton, uh, Eastern Michigan was known for a long time as the team that goes on the road and, and is able to cover. Uh, they are 19 and 10 away from home since 2017. Since 2018, Justin Wilcox at Cal, 13 and 6 on the road. That's 68%. Gundy, of course, we've talked about uh, 66.7%, 14 and 7. Um, that's since 2018, by the way. And then PJ Fleck at Minnesota. 11-6-2, that is nearly 65%. Those guys are unbelievable. I, Kyle, I want to start with you on this last one again. Um, I These guys that, that you really see their team take on their mentality, those are the ones that I feel the most comfortable betting on when they go on the road. Uh, I did it multiple times with Narduzzi this year and with uh, Kirby Smart, etc. What did you find when you were digging around that, that maybe led you to the same, I guess, same opinion? Yeah, um, several of the ones that we've mentioned before, but a couple new ones. PJ Flex has been really good against the spread on the road. Um, it looks like when I was running this query in Bet Labs, uh, they had it split between um, Western Michigan and Minnesota. So adding the two together, um, 32 and 16 against the spread cool. on the road. Uh, very good. And uh, that, I mean, I think. Fleck has had some teams that underachieved in some of these big spots. You know, we, we think about the Bowling Green game, like how do they lose that game? But yet losing a game like that creates value for some other games in the future. And Fleck has been able to take advantage of that. Philip Montgomery, 29 and 12 against the spread on the road and 23 and eight against the spread as a road underdog. So uh, we'll keep, keep that in mind as we go forward. 23 and eight as a road dog, really impressive. Chris Creighton, 30 and 17 against the spread on the road, 24 and 12 as a dog. Eastern Michigan's famous for having these games that come down to one score no matter what. I mean, they could be favored by 21 points. It's a three-point game. They could be dogs by 10 points. It's going to be a three-point game. So uh, Creighton's uh, teams have been pretty consistent on that. Pat Fitzgerald, 45 and 34 against the spread on the road, 33 and 21 against the spread as a road underdog. That uh, actually hold was... on. Let me, let me stop you. Didn't we just say that Pat Fitzgerald was like not great at home, uh, and yet they're really, really good on the road? Yeah, and and <laughs> I think it's just the underdog favorite split there more often than not. Yeah, that makes sense. But Fitzgerald's yeah. kind of ruined his record here in the last couple of years a little bit, especially this past season. They underachieved compared to what they could have been, and uh, a little while back. Fitzgerald's numbers as an underdog were amazing and you can kind of graph it and they've come back to, to uh, regress to the mean a little bit here. So we'll see what happens going forward. But uh, Brian Kelly, again, I mean, 
like I said, I can personally not like the guy, but you know, he's been money maker for sure. 50 and 32 against the spread on the road, 22 and get, 22 and 10 against the spread as a road underdog. So I would think he'll probably be a road underdog a little bit more here. I mean, they're going to be playing some good teams. Obviously, he's going to have plenty of talent, so uh, they won't usually be an underdog. But that'll be an interesting one to follow here in uh, future seasons. Oh, most certainly, most certainly. Um, at, Parker, on on this against the the spread on the road situation here, I, I'm curious if you thought the same thing that I did when you looked at your numbers. Is it guys that uh, the team seems to take on their mentality, or is it uh, maybe some surprises in there? So definitely arguments for both, which is uh, always fun. But <laughs> I do think there are some clear mentality guys, right? Greg Schiano is second in cover over expectation on the road, 12.2. Jeff Trailer, 22.9. That's first overall on the road. Kirby Smart is eighth in in in, in um and then that rounds out with you know Kalen DeBoer, uh Pat Narduzzi, Philip Montgomery, uh, and then Chris Creighton, Dabo. Uh so some really good guys in terms of um culture and 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 kind of being your guy there. It is funny. There, there's some that stand out. Tyson Helton at Western Kentucky basically got all of his covers this year. And so his number is, is inflated. He's at ninth um, overall. Um, I, I do want to point out one kind of from the other side, but a guy that we've bet on and, and liked here, uh, whose name we haven't mentioned, Dave Doran. Dave Doran yeah. is uh, ninth worst in cover percent over expected on the road. Just, um, I mean, really, really... Uh, not, not as good as you would expect his resume. The other one that stands out and is, again, a little bit funny because of the splits here and kind of how bad his team was last year, but Dave Aranda is actually among coaches that have at least 10 games since 2018 on the road. Dave Aranda is the worst at uh, covering 26.8 percentage points uh, lower than expected there. Again, they were abysmal in 2020, and they had some respect at the beginning. They also historically are a team, this is just a trend to look at because uh, I think other teams do it. They, they play a really weak non-conference schedule and they beat them by a billion. And then their first conference game is always like, oh, we're not going to cover this. No, no, not at all. Have it, have it every year. <laughs> um, other, other ones that stand out kind of on the good side because I, I do think there are some interesting um, splits here. You've got Thomas Hammock at fifth overall in cover percent over expected. Um, Hugh Freeze is up there. Uh, and then Jake Spavadol. This number is inflated totally by this year. Uh, because Texas State got um, rid of Jake Spavadol and 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 decided to play really well after that, and they they so this is more Texas State just 2021. They were 11th, um, 8.4 uh, percentage points over expected uh, in terms of covering, and so that one's that that stood out that was interesting because they're a team that is bad that is facing some leadership changes and and having some issues with their roster. And down the stretch, they actually played some some pretty good. Well, um, last one for me is shout out to Blake Anderson, uh, 20th in cover percentage on the road. We know that there was some weird mojo going on with playing at home for them. And so he's definitely one of the better coaches, um, even at Arkansas State, because this includes his time, but especially this year at Utah State playing on the road and and doing better even than, than Vegas would expect and doing better in those facets of the games we can't necessarily capture by numbers and, and kind of providing that extra oomph. No, that totally, totally makes sense. Um Let's jump off of uh, off of this last topic. Kyle, you had some other things that were interesting that you wanted to maybe bring up that were situational. Uh, let's start off with with this. Uh, the best the best conference only guys. Now I don't have a list for this. I'm going to let you kind of take over here. But uh, 
But tell me the best conference-only coaches. Like, once you get into conference play, who can we trust? So number one would have been Bill Snyder if he was still coaching again. I mean, just dominated the Big 12 when it comes to against the spread. Uh, 61 and 35 ATS. Uh, fantastic stuff. Matt Rule was 43 and 19 against the spread. So, again, um, you have some really good guys there that aren't coaches now. But the ones who are coaches now, I'll go, I'll go through this pretty quickly. Bill Clark, 32 and 14 against the spread. 13 and 4 against the spread as an underdog. I think Clark is a really good coach, and when you put similar competition against him, his team's going to have the edge. UAB has struggled badly when they play those SEC teams, and we've seen them get some love in the betting markets, and and people want to take them as an underdog, and then they just get absolutely blown out. But then when they play those Conference USA games, he's been really good. Uh, Niamata Lolo, 43-25 and against the spread in conference. Dabo Sweeney. Uh, 67 and 48. I'm not sure if we've mentioned him yet or not, but uh, I don't think it should surprise anyone that Dabo Sweeney has been a really good covering machine in the ACC, really. So uh, Blake Anderson, who Parker just brought up, 40 and 25 against the spread and conference-only games. Uh, We've talked many times about how good a a coach he is. One that we haven't mentioned all day, and I found it, we've mentioned a lot of guys, Brent Brennan, 24 and 13 against the spread in conference games. Brennan's done a really good job uh, with that once lovely program, certainly. And I know they didn't have as good a year this year, but really good coach there at San Jose State, certainly. Oh, most, most certainly. Uh, Parker, did you have anything to add on that one before we jump into maybe some non-con? Yes, I have uh, one for you and one for Kyle that I think you'll both appreciate. <laughs> My worst coach in conference play in terms of co- uh, only, in terms of uh, uh, cover percent over expected, Mike Loxley at negative 14.9. <laughs> and third overall is Chip Lindsay at negative 12.5. In between them is Hailed Butch him. Davis, 12.6. Uh, Clay Helton was in that top five. One, in, interesting, and again, this is just kind of an oddity of always being the favorite and always getting everyone's best shot. Luke Fickle is sixth worst at 10.4%. In, in, in conference play. And so those American conference teams really, really came after uh, after them. Uh, given given what you would expect, it seems like there was a lot more nonsense in those games uh, just because teams are, you know, pulling out all the stops, onside kicks, trick plays, fake punts, whatever, to try and beat Cincinnati. And so maybe that had an effect in, in some of those ways that Cincinnati hasn't been able to cover the last couple of years. Well, they, and it's not just the last couple of years. Remember, they've played for the conference title, what, Four straight seasons, is that right? I think that's somewhere around there. But either way, counting my mat, yeah, yeah, I think four. So yeah, yeah, I mean they've they've been kind of the top dog in the conference for a little while. Uh, That includes when UCF was still really good, when Memphis was still really good, et cetera, and and now they are just the the king of the AAC right now uh, until they move over to the Big Twelve. So that certainly does make sense. Uh, Kyle, let's talk about the best non-con only. Now, obviously, teams only get you know, four, five uh, options per year against non-conference. Let's uh, let's talk about some of those. Yeah, they, um, you know, when you look at the non-conference, it's a smaller sample size. So we have to oh, yeah. take them with a little bit of a grain of salt, certainly. But Jimbo Fisher, 28 and 15 against the spread. Non-con games, James Franklin, 21 and 11 against the spread. Gundy, 32 and 17 against the spread. Billy Napier, 11 and two against the spread here, uh, and Luke Fickle shows up on the other side here, 14 and seven against the spread. Um, 
I don't think any of those surprise me too much. Napier's teams have really played some of the top teams tough early in the season, but now we, I mean, it's going to be completely different coaching uh, where he is now versus where he was. So, oh, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that Bill and Napier being 11 and two against the spread in the non-conference games really means a lot for being at Florida. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, Slightly different. <laughs> Uh, Jimbo, I mean, I think everybody remembers when they went on the road and played at Clemson uh, a few seasons ago, maybe maybe three seasons ago, when they were down, I think, by two scores, and they kept the ball for nearly seven minutes just trying to get that one touchdown to get it back within the spread. Uh, I mean, he's he is known for covering. And again, like I said before, keep the boosters and everybody happy there. You keep covering spreads, even if you don't win every game, so long as you cover. Everybody's going to be pretty happy. Parker, uh, what'd you find on this one? Uh, I've got Jimbo as number one, 31.9 percentage points better than expected. Uh, again, way smaller sample size. Also, fun fact, in non-conference games, Jimbo Fisher, uh, 15.5 uh, point favorite on, on average. Um, so that one's, that one's pretty interesting. Uh, Nick Saban is 36.1, uh, excuse me, 36.2 point favorite. And his cover percentage over expectation is 15.9. So they do they do well in those non-con games. As we know, as they have, you know, had Duke and falling apart Florida State sacrificed on the altar. Uh, Mike Gundy is also up there doing pretty well, 20.6 uh, points per, uh, excuse me, 20.6 percentage points over expectation. Uh, Dana Holgerson, interestingly enough, 15.9. And then Mel Tucker right behind him at 15.6. So some interesting names. Uh, Kyle, you pointed out Billy Napier. I have him at 17th, um, 11.2 points, percentage points better than expected. So uh, does pretty well there as well and seems to be kind of that disciplined guy. You wonder with the talent increase if some of that discipline and kind of intangibles will translate and maybe bump up that Florida um, rate. Dan Mullen, negative 11.6 at Florida as a um, in non-conference games. So uh, maybe there's something to be said about Napier coming in and imposing the regime, but uh, some some big differences there. Uh, again, of course, very small sample size. So I'm not I'm not changing my betting strategy based on based on this one. These are these are just interesting to me. Most certainly, most certainly. Uh, do want to make a correction, right quick, Parker? You said that Spavital was fired at Texas State. Nope, he's <laughs> he not, not been fired yet. <laughs> He's going I forgot to, be to bring that up. Soon, but uh, <laughs> he has not been yet. I apologize to Texas State and the Bobcats. <laughs> Good gracious. Uh, let's jump into the Q&A here. Uh, we do have one question in the chat. Uh, do you think Harbaugh stays at Michigan or does he leave for the NFL? Uh, obviously off topic from what we've been discussing today, but it is current news. It is something that's going on in the world of college football. So let's uh, let's take a stab at this thing. Kyle, let's start off with you. You think that Harbaugh decides to stay at Michigan, or will he have an opportunity to leave for an NFL gig? Um, I'm not great at making these projections. I don't consider this my strength. Uh, uh, you and Parker are probably better at this, honestly. <laughs> um, real quick, at some point, I do want to say first half best coaches, second half oh, yes, best yes, coaches, go ahead. too. And actually, it's it's hilarious, Gary, because Jim Harbaugh is number one on the first half best coaches. I don't think either of you would have guessed that. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know, that's maybe that's tragic, though. Is he where is he overall? So he's he's number one first half, and then where is he in your numbers overall, Kyle? Uh, I would have to pull that back up. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot there. No, no, um, it's okay. It's okay. I got several tabs open here. Um, Harbaugh 77 and 47 against the spread oh, no. in the first half, 62.1 percent. 
which has to mean he hasn't done great in the second half, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> uh, the second best coach in the first half, Jeff Brom, 56 and 33 against the spread, 63%. Really impressive. That that uh, surprised me quite a bit. Saban, 57.4%, 101 and 75. Sweeney, 58.9%. And Josh Heupel, 23 and 8 against the spread. And Heupel's are interesting because if you, if you graph this, they are absolutely blowing people out in some of these first halves and then coming back uh, in the second half, getting uh, the other team coming back. So Hypo is one to keep in, in mind in the going forward because his teams appear to be ready to play in the early going. Uh, Gary, you want me to just go ahead and throw out a couple of the second half ones here real quick? Yeah, before you do that, let me tell you what uh, what Harbaugh is since 2016, uh, 36, 35 and one overall against the spread. So the fact that he is so good in the first half, is uh, rather shocking considering he's fifty point seven percent the rest of the time. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was that's why I was bringing it up. It's like that's tragic in the sense that like they do really well in the first half and then they fall apart in the second half. Yeah, yep. yeah. And, and Harbaugh's numbers from Stanford were better than Harbaugh's numbers at Michigan. So if you go back to two thousand eight, it kind of skews the data. It looks like his second half numbers at Stanford were really good, and his second half numbers at Michigan have not been good. So. Um, Second half, really quick. I'm just going to throw out a couple. Um, Herm Edwards, really good in the second half. 28-9 against the spread in the second half. So they're making wow. some good adjustments at halftime. Napier, 32-14. and 14. And I don't, I don't want to take too much time here, but I, I did want to say one that I was just looking at the worst coaches in the second half. This one is really something. Brian Harson, 38-65 and 65 against the spread in the second half. So uh, we have seen some melts, you know, meltdowns in the second half from Auburn here. Uh, apparently that's nothing new. Brian Harson, <laughs> the very worst in the second half of any coach. So that's just something to chew on. I, I don't exactly know why that would be, but, but uh, Harson has been really bad in the second half. So I, I wanted to throw those in real quick. As far as Harbaugh, um, I would guess he's going to stay at Michigan, but I, I wouldn't want to put a lot of money on that. So I'm going to let you guys give your opinion here. That's uh, you brought up Harson there. Uh, he did just hire his former Boise defensive coordinator to be the new defensive coordinator at Auburn, uh, Derek Mason. I mean, there was a lot of talk that maybe those two didn't get along all that well. Uh, so Derek Mason stepped down. It looks like he may be the new defensive coordinator at Oklahoma State. Uh, but Jeff Schmetting is the new defensive coordinator at Auburn. Uh, we'll see about those halftime adjustments because those numbers that you were talking about there overall – uh, that includes a lot of his time at Boise State. So uh, that, that could be interesting to pay attention to there. Um, as far as Harbaugh goes, I, if he is given the opportunity to leave, I think that he will leave. If you want to coach football, that is the highest possible level. Uh, I think that he would be, I mean, I think he would be gone. But if he's not gone right now, that leads me to believe that he has not been offered any job or anything like that. There may be some teams that are interested. It may fall to him. But as of right now, my money would be on him staying put. Uh, of course, I mean, it broke just before we went on that Mike McDonald, the new defense coordinator that he hired from the Ravens, is now going back to the Ravens to be the new defense coordinator. I think he was a linebackers coach uh, for John Harbaugh. And uh, then he came over, worked for Jim, and now he's back with the Ravens again. So, you know, if Jim does this, uh, if he sticks around, he's going to have to kind of rebuild his staff a little bit. But, uh, but I trust him to be able to do that. Parker, what do you think on this one? If you remember last year, Jim Harbaugh got um, a pay reduction 
It's yes. just no, no ifs and buts about it. And uh, I believe that his first option, his most preferred option for 2022 was to be the head coach at Michigan and get his money back. And I believe that he was courted by NFL teams and that he went back to Michigan and said, keep me from going, uh, fix this. And uh, it's, I'm sure it's more diplomatic and nice. And I don't mean, I don't mean to oh, paint yeah. any picture. Like I know what's going on in those offices. And I think that Michigan might not be inclined to do that. Um, and so it's kind of a, this might be better. Look, you're going off to college and it's been fun a couple of years, but we want different things. You know, senior prom was great, but I think we need to move on. Michigan might be having that conversation with Jim Harbaugh. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he's still there and, and they do figure it out and give him a little more money, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that he wants his money back. I, that, that would make as sense. I would, as, as would I would, as I would, I don't blame him. Yeah. So uh, Larry Pilgrim did jump in, said USC win total for 2022. Hadn't been uh, released yet. None of them have been released yet, of course, uh, because we're still trying to figure out rosters. Uh, USC, as it stands, doesn't really have a quarterback. So until Caleb Williams decides what he's going to do, uh, I'm going to refrain from tossing a number out there. Although, Parker, you put in the chat eight and a half. Uh, that sounds fine. Sure. Why not? Like, I, I trust Lincoln Riley with uh, with me playing a quarterback. So I would imagine they'll be able to figure out something. But, you know, you get Caleb Williams, that that might change the uh, trajectory of the Pac-12 for next year and whatnot. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, we have hit our time here, so let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Uh, before I do, Kyle, was there anything else uh, crazy that, uh, that you wanted to toss in here? I love these numbers that you're spitting out. No, guys, I, I really enjoyed this. I can't believe we've been talking this long already. I looked down at the clock, and I'm like, wow. I mean, it, the three of us can talk college football a long time, and it feels like it's 15 minutes. So oh, yeah. it was fun with the, the different different models and a lot of the same guys showing up. And I think it'll be fun to use this for next year, too, because we say, hey, remember, you know, this guy's better than people expected. So we got to, you know, we can incorporate incorporate that in when the games are back next year, too. That'll be great. You have certainly got that right. That's what a lot of this is about preparing for next year so with that said uh parker before we jump out of here is there anything that you want to toss in i'm excited for the 2022 season man i'm getting ready to get this thing rolling <laughs> we got lsu and florida state kicking things off early and uh and i have been paying attention to what's going on at lsu here recently and yeah i'm, I'm kind of excited about it i'm gonna i'm excited about all of it so we still got a little ways to go since we are now in late january we still got nfl going <laughs> But, uh, but yes, I am excited to get back into it. So let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. You guys have been fantastic. Uh, P-Matt and Aaron and Larry, et cetera, you guys are awesome. Thank you for jumping into the chat today. Anybody else that jumps into the comments afterwards, we appreciate you guys as well. We will answer any questions, anything else. If you want to reach out to us on Twitter, you can do so there too. So with that said, uh, make sure that you are subscribed to the channel, that you hit the notification bell, and that you like this video for us. And... Do us a favor. Go over to BetUS. It is BetUS.com. Toss that into your browser. That's where the game begins. Incredible sports book online. Very easy to do. Go find it. BetUS.com. But that said, we are going to get out of here. You guys have been fantastic. Hopefully, we gave you some, uh, some good knowledge, some good information leading into next season on who you can trust to bet on on a week-in and week-out basis and in certain uh, specific situations. So with that said... You guys take care of yourselves and make sure again that you're subscribed, etc. I'm rambling at this point, but I, I kind of don't want to stop the show. Either way, uh, <laughs> let's let's get out of here. You guys are awesome for Bet US. We will see you all again next week. <laughs>